Hi, and welcome to another packed edition of Colin on Cars, where we'll be talking smart mobility in the African context. The question is not if, but rather when, as it relates to battery electric cars and hybrid cars, not only here in South Africa, but throughout the African continent. The groundswell towards electrification is speeding up, and local automakers have confirmed the release of at least 10 new models during the course of next year. Naturally, there are challenges, some massive challenges, many of which were tackled during the Smarter Mobility Africa conference this week, and where Owen Ruwoda from Arigo Investments Africa pointed out, the continent has 54 countries with 54 leaders and 54 different sets of legislation, making the establishment of a unified electric vehicle program a daunting task. He also pointed out in 2014 the population of China was 1.3 billion, and that is the same as the total Africa population today. In the same way as the age-old question about the chicken and the egg, the question about which comes first can be applied to the vehicle charging infrastructure and the cars themselves. Which should come first? Kumail Rashid, e-mobility division lead, for ABB said the approach taken in much of Asia was build it and they will come, a variation on the famous line from the 1989 movie Field of Dreams starring Kevin Costner. He continues. Putting in that infrastructure, that support in place right in the beginning really solves it. Um, a lot of my discussions today, you know, we have countries that have um, good adoption of e-mobility, Singapore, New Zealand, Australia, Thailand, Japan, um, various levels within Asia Pacific, and maybe not always we can compare with, with nations in Africa, but there are some parallels we can draw. And essentially what it is is that a lot of the discussions and presentations that I do now talking about e-mobility doesn't even start with that topic about, hey, is e-mobility going to happen? No, it's a foregone conclusion. We really think about that this is the trend, the infrastructure is being built, how it's being built um, is, is always a, a question. But in general, um, and again, I am a little bit biased because <laughs> coming from ABB, we have uh, charging infrastructure solutions, um, but this is the approach we've seen and, and it's paying dividends. Heighton Palmer, Senior Engineer, Electric Vehicle Systems at the ELO e-Mobility Program, now takes a look at the situation here in South Africa as it currently stands. Yep. Thanks, Remit, uh, and pleasure to join everybody here on this session today on a very topical point uh, for infrastructure and, and what is the, the scenario around that. So, yeah, in South Africa's case, we had the first battery electric vehicle introductions in 2013, uh, and then the PHEVs later in 2015. So we've been on this agenda you know, since then, um, eight years running. Uh, the OEMs have taken various approaches into model introductions in South Africa, and uh, it's been rather slow for, for that. I mean, uh, June this year was uh, just on 1,400 plug-in EVs uh, sold in the country. Uh, if we look at that, that is 0 0.014 of our total car park fleet of 10 million odd vehicles. Uh, nothing really to be proud about. But, uh, you know, we, we see a lot of the development around uh, the uh, whole framework around infrastructure readiness. Um, so with that, the OEMs have taken their leap and, and the private sector has also driven that alongside that. So we see deployment of uh, infrastructure in the main towns. Um, so that's uh, Johannesburg, Tuane, 
um, Durban, uh, Port Elizabeth, which is now Tobeja, uh, Durban, and then also uh, in Cape Town. You're finding those major areas are densely populated with infrastructure that is primarily led by the OEMs uh, from on the dealer network, and then also within your public areas such as your shopping malls, uh, and, and then also what has been developing well in South Africa is the highway infrastructure. Uh, through that, you're also seeing highway infrastructure at your traditional fuel stations, uh, where that has been deployed. Um, so, you know, this is where it is, the International Energy Agency through their uh, Global EV Outlook publication uh, profile South Africa within the top 10, as you mentioned, uh, from EV charges to EV ratio uh, in terms of that. So that's uh, currently we, we close to 300 points across the country, uh, EV charging public points, uh, and that's where we currently sit. So in terms of the relevance of South Africa's low uh, car park, uh, which is, you know, plus minus uh, 1,400 vehicles, our infrastructure is well positioned at this stage. So that's in context. But I think what we note is that uh, there's already been some uh, three major OEMs have announced, uh, you know, up to six models of introduction each. You know, so that you're talking about eight new BEVs being introduced in the first two quarters of 2022, which starts to change the landscape in South Africa. So I think that is starting to shake up. Uh, we have some unique challenges in South Africa. A strong automotive industry uh, existence since 1924, um, and that's been predominantly on ICU value chain from an impacting perspective. But uh, the Department of Trade, Industry, and Competition is trying to address these sort of challenges, uh, of which the main one is the customs excise duty that is imposed on EV. So, yeah, we, we look forward to this, uh, the scenario changing within 2022. Uh, but, yeah, coming back to the point on infrastructure, we, we are well positioned at this stage for the current uh, car park volume. It is no secret people are often afraid of change for whatever reason. However, change is coming and change is happening with a growing number of people showing an interest in electric vehicles, if not actually buying one. And that purchase remains an issue with electric vehicles priced well above the average spend on a new or even used second-hand car. George Meany, CEO of Auto Trader, has further insights. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me, and um, um, it's a real pleasure being here, especially in person. I'm, you know, I'm tired of sitting in my four walls, so I raced here so that I didn't have to be on video. Um, so, so it's really nice to be in the presence of uh, real people and not screens. Um, but to answer your question, um, we've seen the increase in demand in search for electric vehicles in the last, in the first six months of this year versus the first six months of 2020 of 211%. Now, yes, it's a, it's a lower base, but uh, the demand is increasing for electric vehicles from a consumer car buying point of view. The, the challenge, I think, is uh, you know, partly to what Hitton says, and uh, it's it's, it's really the supply of vehicles that, uh, that need to come into the market. Build it and they will come. I agree with that. 300 charging stations. We've got uh, uh, um, uh, one charging station for every four vehicles uh, versus international stats, which is one charging station for every 20 vehicles. So we've well positioned from a charging station point of view. These stations are 200 kilometers apart. And people always say, I drive from Durban to Cape Town. I mean, I just recently bought a Jaguar I-Pace. And uh, I took a trip to Bloemfontein. Not a problem at all. How many times am I going to take a trip to Bloemfontein? Maybe once or twice a year. Um, so the amount of use in the long distance for, a, for an electric vehicle should not be a barrier for consumers. And I think a large amount of 
consumer adoption is really centered around education. 87% last year and 88% this year of consumers have never been inside an EV that we surveyed. So, so consumer education is a big part of consumer adoption. And then the other part is supply. Um, and uh, as you heard, there are going to be another eight uh, vehicles in the, in the first quarter of next year. BMW has just said that they're going to put 25 hybrids and uh, battery electric vehicles on South African roads by 2023, which is also encouraging. So all of, the, all of the ingredients are there. Um, uh, you know, and if, you, if you wait till a little bit later on, you'll hear that there are three major barriers. One of them is price. And uh, as you rightly pointed out, the Mini SE is 650,000 Rand. Consumers want an electric vehicle under 500,000 Rand. How do we get that price point to under 500,000 Rand? And, uh, and I suppose that's where the debate should be centered, around education and price. And uh, looking at things like... Um, uh, 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 incentives, uh, government taxes, but I think a, a big portion of the corporate world needs to get involved. Can you imagine a world where uh, you know, corporate entities are incentivized to uh, give employees company vehicles? Company vehicles at the moment are prohibitive because of the tax on company vehicles. We've really largely gone back to a car allowance environment. Uh, because of the tax on company vehicles. Why not incentivize corporate businesses to, uh, to create more demand for electric vehicles? So I think the ingredients are there, uh, the cars are coming, um, the price point's a problem, education is, uh, is part of the challenge. Cost plays a significant role, and it's not just the purchase price. Since the vast majority of vehicles sold in South Africa are bought with corporate money, the fleet and company car business is massive, even if the vehicles are delivered from dealerships and hence counted as dealer sales. All fleet managers understand the cost to company comes not from the purchase price or resale value of the vehicle, but from its whole life operating cost. So how do electric vehicles stack up? Here's Henry Boerter, the Head of Strategy and Business Analytics at ABSA. My interest and focus of electric vehicle adoption is mainly on the consumer in South Africa. What have the improvements been for the electric vehicle adoption over the past 12 months? There's been an increased willingness and participation from corporates to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The transport sector contributes more than 50 million tons of carbon dioxide in South Africa. That's 10% of the total greenhouse gas emitted in South Africa. As a country, we need to move away from coal power generation and away from internal combustion engines if we want to lower our carbon footprint. Another reason for making EVs uh, adoption high in South Africa is the progress made in the rest of the world with increased choice for consumers and a lower price point that uh, consumers can adopt these EVs at. The Auto Green paper released in May from the Department of Transport, Industry and Competition expressed the need to drive EV adoption in the local market in order to support EV vehicles and component manufacturing locally and to stay relevant with the rest of the world. The obstacle to get higher adoption in South Africa has not been the cost of an electric vehicle, but rather how much more it costs than an internal combustion engine vehicle. The average purchase price of a new vehicle in South Africa is between three and 400,000 Rand 
Whilst most EVs, there are only a few that cost less than a million, and a majority of them are between one and two million rand. I can show you just how in electric vehicle sales have performed over the past five years. You can see in 2015, there were 241 vehicles sold, either electric or plug-in hybrids. The highest year of sales was in 2016 at 268. Year to date in 2021, only 126 electric and plug-in hybrid vehicles have been sold. Has anything changed in terms of the cost of electric vehicles year on year? And whether has the affordability improved? Let me recap on what we looked at last year in terms of affordability. The biggest contributor to the monthly cost of a vehicle is the depreciation of that asset. 58% of the cost of that vehicle is the cost to manufacture, distribute, get it sold within the dealership. And then between 35 and 42% is the depreciation that comes along with the tax that gets levied on that vehicle. So when you add those two together, they come to 50% of the total cost of ownership of a vehicle. The remaining items are fuel and parking, the maintenance cost of the vehicle, insurance and repairs, and then in last place is the finance cost at 5%, and the sundry cost of e-tolls, other small taxes and, and fines and um, the renewal of your vehicle license. EVs are still more expensive than their equivalent internal combustion engine vehicles. There are some examples overseas that I can use. There's a Peugeot E208 GT Premium that sells for 34,000 pounds in the UK. Its equivalent internal combustion engine vehicle is by the same name, just without the E, the 208 GT Premium that sells for 25,000 pounds. If you translate that into rands, the electric vehicle sells for 34,000 pounds times 20 that is 680,000 Rand, whilst the petrol variant sells for 500,000 Rand. There are also many examples in other BRICS countries, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, where there's way more options available than what is currently available in South Africa. And many of those options are Chinese vehicles. The majority of electric vehicles available in the world today are manufactured and designed in China. The advantage of electrical, electric vehicles is that it holds a lower maintenance cost and fuel cost than an internal combustion engine. Electricity cost has increased 17% in South Africa over the past year, whilst petrol and diesel has increased 20 to 30% over that same period. The big difference between an electric vehicle and a gas or a gas-powered vehicle is that the electric Electricity for an EV can be self-generated through solar panels on your home or office building, whilst that is not possible with an internal combustion engine. You need around four to 5,000 kilowatt hours of charge to travel 25,000 kilometers per year in an EV vehicle. At 2 rand 70 to 3 rand per kilowatt in South Africa, it will cost you between 11 and 15,000 rand to travel that 25,000 kilometers per year. In comparison, if you use a fossil fuel engine, you will require 1,700 liters of fuel. And at the current rate of 18 rand per liter for a liter of fuel, it will cost you 31,000 rand to travel that same difference. 
That's more than twice than what it will cost to travel with an EV. The maintenance cost of an EV should also be lower due to the regenerative braking that uses less brake pads and the less complex engine that has fewer items to replace and service at each service interval. Since the maintenance cost and the cost of travel is lower than an internal combustion engine vehicle, it should then give you lower depreciation because of the used market looking for vehicles that are less costly to maintain. So with that, we can assume that the depreciation on an EV vehicle will be lower than a petrol vehicle once all things have equalized. Well, that's it for this edition. Travel safely and really start to think smarter mobility. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.